A few years ago, I was at a family wedding in South Carolina. And almost as soon as I stepped out of the airport, I was struck by the climate, by the overall feeling of things. The humidity, the chirping crickets, and all around green, green, green. So different from the golds and greens of our California hills and evergreen forests, so different from the dry California air, there it's humidity and deciduous trees and vines growing on the deciduous trees and more vines growing on those vines. When you drive down the freeway, it's like being in a tunnel between two walls of solid vegetation. And so much of that is thanks to just one plant, kudzu. It started as an ornamental ground cover crop that was imported from Asia. And, well, it covered the ground all right. It's been called the vine that ate the south. It spread to become one of the most successful invasive species ever. Now here in California, we don't have kudzu, but we do have invasive plants of our own. Last week I was at Spring Lake, and of course everywhere by the footpaths are big bushes of thorny blackberry and tall stands of wild fennel. Now both blackberries and fennel are plants that people cultivate on purpose and plants that produce delicious things to eat. But they're also plants that can easily grow wild and take over all kinds of places. Places where they might be wanted, places where they might not be. It's hard to contain an invasive species. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. And we nod our heads, having heard this parable before, perhaps. A tiny mustard seed becomes a big tree. God can make great things out of little things. Very inspiring. Next parable, please. But in our place and time, we can easily miss what Jesus' hearers would have noticed right away, which is that this example is a very strange example. Because for one thing, it's not exactly the most impressive example. A mustard plant grows to be something like a big bush. You could charitably describe it as a tree, maybe. And in this version of the parable, Jesus sort of hedges his bets by calling it the greatest of all shrubs. It's a great phrase in its modesty. It always makes me smile. It's sort of like the slogan of my former hometown of Reno, Nevada, the biggest little city in the world. But Jesus could have chosen plenty of other possibilities. And in fact, in this parable, he seems to be intentionally reworking an image from the Old Testament, from books of Daniel and Ezekiel. It's a recurring image where a nation, a superpower like Assyria or Babylon, or even in an optimistic mood, the nation of Israel itself, a nation gets compared to a cedar of Lebanon. It's a towering vertical giant in which the birds of the air find shelter. So Jesus is ignoring this stock image of the cedar, an image that's as obvious and available to him in his place and time as a giant redwood would be in ours. And instead of a redwood, he's comparing God's kingdom to something like a really big blackberry bush. 
And just like that blackberry bush, mustard is prolific. Mustard grows really fast, and some varieties are invasive. Here in wine country, some vineyard owners use mustard as a cover crop. And so as we drive up Highway 101, we see bright yellow fields everywhere towards the end of winter. And that fast-growing mustard that covers the ground reduces erosion. It actually gives off chemicals that keep away harmful worms. And it makes a great mulch when it's turned under later in the spring. So mustard can be really useful when it grows where you want it. But in the wrong place or at the wrong time, mustard could start to grow all over everything. Take a mustard seed and sow it in the middle of your field and you might find this mustard transgressing all your neatly planned garden boundaries, crowding out your other plants and creating a big bushy mess. The greatest of all shrubs, indeed. Perhaps you're familiar with godly play, which is the Montessori-based way of telling sacred scripture stories that we use in our children's Sunday school, at least when we're able to gather in person for children's Sunday school. And in godly play, the materials for parable stories, the parables of Jesus, are always kept inside a wooden box that's closed with a lid. And the reason for that is because a parable isn't always easy to get into. Sometimes, no matter which way we turn it, we can't find our way in. And we just have to come back another time. And even when we do find our way inside a parable, there's always more there, waiting for us to come back another time. Sometimes in godly play, children will call a parable a terrible. And there's wisdom in that too, because there's something transgressive about a good parable. It's like that with the next one too. The woman takes three pecks of flour, a huge amount of flour, about 50 pounds. This is more than an ordinary baking project and mixes in yeast. And throughout scripture, yeast is almost always used as a symbol of impurity. What does it mean, this yeast of impurity, this impure symbol of the reign of God, working its way invisibly through this huge quantity of flour until all of it is leavened? And what about this person who finds treasure in a field? What about this person's sneakiness, who, instead of telling the owner, rehides it and covers it up for just long enough to go and buy the field at market price and claim the treasure? There is something transgressive about a good parable. So today's gospel reading has things to teach us about, yes, how God can make big things out of little ones. But there's a lot more to these parables. They're about slowness and imperceptibility, and they're also about contamination. Jesus, by telling us these terribles, is telling us that the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God, is not exactly what we might have expected. It's not like a cedar of Lebanon. It's not a superpower like Assyria or Rome or the superpowers of our own day. 
nor is the rain of God a well-behaved garden plant that grows in its proper compartment. It's more like an invasive weed, something that grows unpredictably and messes up our carefully planned boundaries and rules, sometimes seeming to lie dormant and do nothing for a long time, then bursting out with new shoots in a new direction, sometimes growing close to the ground and hidden, sometimes stretching towards the sky for all to see. It grows from the smallest of seeds, a single man on a cross, rejected, ignored, and impure. And from that seed, it has been growing for thousands of years, and it is growing today. And you and I are branches of this invasive mustard plant. You and I are called to take part in this contamination of love that is spreading through God's world. You might say the kingdom of heaven is going viral. You might not always know it's there, but it's growing, seen or unseen, wherever people are proclaiming good news, wherever people are doing the work of justice and healing and love. 